listening to The Sociable Scribes, two professional writers who work hard, play hard, and love to have fun on the job. Word stylist Nikita Rowell-Stevens and publishing consultant Kim Ely talk about the topics and questions they hear most often from their clients. Let's talk about writing, the good, the bad, and the awesome, while addressing popular questions and concerns from real writers like you. If you're a writer, someone who aspires to write, or just wants to learn more about writing and publishing and have a lot of fun along the way, welcome to the tribe. Here are your hosts, Nikita and Kim, two writers who love to socialize, the sociable scribes. Excellent. Good morning, Nikita. Good morning. Hold on one second. Okie dokie. Woohoo! And we are on Facebook Live. Yay! Hello! We're live. We're live. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> and hopefully you can actually see us this time. I hope so, everybody. Yay! The best part was I logged into my account. Um, I yeah. never did locate Lucas, so I have no idea how he felt about having our podcast on his <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, all right. Well, if you're ready, Nikita, we can uh, jumpstart doing Behind the Curtain. All righty. So, Nikita, what's behind <laughs> your curtain this week? <laughs> well, Kim, I am really excited. Oh, by the way, we are live on Facebook. I saw the notification on my phone. <gasps> hey! Hi, everybody! <laughs> It worked. Uh, this, is, this is exciting. This is exciting. This is totally so um, I am very excited. Which can, can I can I admit something that's going to make you crack up? My Christmas tree is still up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's almost you February. <laughs> you know what? I am unashamed because it is pretty and it is sparkly and it makes me happy. <laughs> There we go. Well, there we go. It's making you happy. Okay, at first I was feeling judgy. I won't I won't lie, but now I'm like, aw. It's my nightlight at night glows and makes the living room glow. Oh, that's really kind of awesome. Oh, very cool. Very um, cool. That's funny. So um, so you asked me a question, what's behind my curtain? So let me, yes. that was a little aside. Okay. <laughs> um, so I am really excited because I am prepping for the launch of my first official book. It's really going to be, I've been, <laughs> I've been, oh my I've been procrastinating so much. It's going to be like, I feel like it's going to be some batch releases because of ah. course, you know, there's a decision, um, which I'm working on. Yes. And then there is, I'm working on, we were talking about <laughs> my book magnet and yes. book magnets in the one of our last um, episodes. And so I'm launching the prequel to um, my rom-com series, and the goal is to get that out this month. So I'm super excited about that, and it's and I I will re- reveal the title. It's very it's it's got a little you know zing to it, but it's called Lexi's Cherry. Oh, oh my gosh, that's so good. <laughs> um, the awesome. co- I've already got the cover about done. So it's really close, finishing final edits, and um, it's 
formatting's looking pretty good for it. So uh, it's pretty close. So I'm excited to get that out to the world. It's going to be so fun. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, so once it's out there, once it's out there, um, uh, how are you going to share it? Like, we'll, we'll have to make sure and put it on our website and on um, Facebook also, but it's going, so it's going to be available as a free book. So yay. That makes it very easy for you guys to be able to get it. Um, I will have a, um, an author page where you can go and download it. Um, but I'm also going to be make it available on all like your platforms, like your Amazon, your Nook, and things like that. So that's the logistics I'm working through now to make sure it's, I can make it available free through those platforms because it's a little tricky, the process that you go through to do that. It is. But, um, but yeah. So, um, yeah, you'll be able to get it through all of those. Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Y'all, this is just such an exciting moment. And I just love your series. And, oh, my gosh, everybody's going to love it. So It's so fun. It's so fun. And for those of you that know me, because, you know, I am – try to be the very professional, polished person that you know that I am. Just so you know, you're speaking to Nikita, but I do have a pseudonym for my rom-com, and her name is Nikki Simone. So don't judge Nikita for what Nikki Simone does, okay? (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'll just share that I kind of in a similar way I have – Kiwi Publishing, and that's about personal development, and that is sort of what I would consider to be my professional side, children's books and things yeah. like that. But then there's Zazuzine in comics, and that's my Ooh. alter ego. And this is like Nikki Simone is, you know, the alter ego of yeah. the very professional Nikita. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Oh my Everybody God! Everybody has another side. We do, don't we? Exactly, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's going to be so fun about your series is people are going to be entertained. They're going to absolutely love it. Yes, I'm excited. Awesome! <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right. Yes, well, it's so much in your wheelhouse, so. Exactly, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. So today we are talking about how do you know when you're ready to publish? And it's a really good question for all our writers out there who are busy working on their project. It's it's one of those things of, um, I guess it's 
quite literally the opposite of where do I start? It's like, how do I stop? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, when do I know I'm ready? And actually, this is a topic that you've been uh, uh, living and breathing as well since you are coming out with your debut, the first book. I know. Sorry. I know. I'm, I'm still reeling. I'm celebrating in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that it's a very pertinent topic because sometimes we can get so involved into the creative process that when it comes to the, to the, the portion of where it's time to take that book and put it to market, we almost become paralyzed in fear. It's because it's one thing when you're the audience for your book while you're writing, but it's another thing when you're putting this work of art that you've been working on for, you know, this period of time for everyone else. And there's that fear of everyone else going to judge you. And yes. Instead of thinking, everybody's going to love it, it's going to be great, there's this fear of, oh, my God, people are going to think it's awful, you know. Right. Um, and I think that paralyzes a lot of people and keeps them stuck from oh, moving on. Most definitely. It's um, We used to talk about it when we were in IT, and um, we did we would have quality audits. And we would always joke, and, and forgive me, it's kind of a crass analogy, but it's like, are we going to have a pretty baby or an ugly baby? <laughs> and it's <was> like, <laughs> I hope we have a pretty baby, but but it, it's that same kind of thing. It's it's like you you do, you pour your love and your heart and your soul, blood, sweat, and tears into writing this book, and you want it to be amazing. I think sometimes you've really you've really hit on something because sometimes that fear can manifest as um, perfectionism, like, oh, my yep. God, I can't release this until it is absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think if you're definitely fall into the category of that self-editor, which, you know, that's, you know, a right. good portion of people there are, are that way you you can stay in that mode forever that perfectionism thing and you know my advice to people that are in that that fall into that category is you know just freaking stop and jump in the deep end there because if you don't there's there has to be you have to realize at some point and I have I, I need to take my own advice in this because I'm, <laughs> I'm guilty of it too I think it's one of the things that you and I both, I think, may deal with to a certain degree because mm-hmm. our craft is writing. Yes. And because we have a reputation in writing, we tend to have a little bit more perfectionism in that because there's an expectation um, of us to be a certain level. But it's that feeling of, it. you know, it's, it's what I tell people in my Find Your Muse program, don't be afraid to make a mess. Right. Because... You know, it's it's ultimately that fear of failure. Who's not afraid of fear of failure? Of oh course, God, you know, it's not fun. <laughs> no. Nobody enjoys falling flat on their face and no. and making mistakes. But the reality is that's the only way we learn. It's the only way we get better. So if you go through a whole process and you don't fail, that's mm-hmm. when you need to be worried because something you've done, you've probably done something wrong. All the greats have failed. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. and so if you can take that chip off your shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, you can release so much pressure on yourself and just be like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to believe it's going to be great. But if it's not and I fall flat on my my face, it's okay. 
I'm going to get right back up. I'm going to figure out what I did wrong, and I'm going to keep on moving. Exactly, exactly. So I wanted to follow up and ask you about something that you had mentioned, which was the concept of self-editing. And I, I know what I think it means to me, but I'm curious to know, how would you define self-editing? You mean like when you're talking about your manuscript? Give me a little context. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, say yeah. you're, you're writing your manuscript. Mm-hmm. You've been working on it for a long time. You've finished all the work, and you're, just, you're at the point where it's a, a nearly polished draft. What, what, mm-hmm. what would you describe self-editing for an almost polished draft? Um, well, there's different versions of it. I think, mm-hmm. I think the danger of self-editing when you get to that nearly polished draft mm-hmm. is per- particularly in fiction. I can't speak so, but so much on it from the nonfiction side. Maybe you can, yeah. but I feel like particularly in fiction, the more you go over a manuscript, the more changes you make oh. because True. Because you have the capability of doing it. Oh, wait, I could do that with this character. Oh, I can do that. And so you, what you do is you actually, the more you self-edit without just cutting it off, I can understand if you're trying to do like grammatical and just want to make sure everything's completely positive. That's right. one thing. Right. But the more you self-edit a manuscript, I think from that context, mm-hmm. the more you take yourself down a rabbit hole that you're never going to crawl out of. Oh, um, that yeah. to me, that's that's kind of what I see that as being. I kind of see that also being a big difference between the pantser and the editor, mm. because I don't particularly run into that so much, mm-hmm. and I think it's because I'm more of a rapid writer, and I, the story comes to me as I go. Right. And yes, I go, I go back and I fix and I edit. Uh-huh. But because I'm not wired that way, uh-huh. I'm not. It's not in my nature to keep rewriting the story over and over and over again. But people who are those self editors that are wired that way will think of ten different ways for the story to end. Mm. Like, oh, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way. And you have to just like make a decision. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That... I've seen that my brother a lot, and he's, oh, really? he's a brilliant writer, uh-huh. but we are opposites in that he's that editor. He's that self-editor, uh-huh. and he'll tell me about this amazing project that he's working on, yeah. and I'm like, oh, my God, I love that plot. Yeah. And the next time I talk to him, he's like, yeah, I, I'm not doing that right now because I'm doing, you know, he ran into, he, he self-edited himself into a hole. Oh, and no. And, like, I, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm just stuck, at, and, and then there's that perfectionism side of it, and he's right. like, it's not coming out the way I want it, and it's because he's really just, I think he's judging it too much as opposed to just like, let me just plow through and make it imperfect, and then I'll fix, fix the errors later. Ah, gotcha. That makes sense. Um, I, I think, uh, and, and tell me if you think this is a good analogy, it's kind of like somebody who corrects their punctuation or grammar as they go along. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, no, no. It, it, sometimes when you focus too much on those details, 
you're not thinking about the content of your story. But in a way, this is more like you're focusing on the content, but it's like um, maybe a better analogy would be, say you're uh, doing stage production and you're trying to make the stage look perfect or something. You're like, no, 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 wait, put that chair here. No, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That needs to go yep. here. And so you're, you're um, rearranging all the stuff on the stage and it's like, just show the play, doggone it. For <laughs> real. For real. Just get through it. If it makes anybody feel any better, when I was writing the decision halfway through it, I just decided to switch and change from first to third person. What the hell was I thinking? Oh, my God. That's huge. And so do you remember that? You were my editor. Yes. I remember coming back and being like, oh, my God. What was I thinking? <laughs> Yeah, it was like, uh, we need to fix so, this. So, you know, but... when you have a panther writer, it could be an editor's nightmare. But <laughs> Yeah, it's like, whoa, whoa, the whoa. The integrity is there. <laughs> the integrity is there. But there's, there's some fixing to be done. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, let's take a quick break, but let's get back to that topic when we come back. <laughs> yeah. talking about um and i I think uh it the topic is uh uh how to know when you're ready to publish and you mentioned about um um editors and i think Mm -hmm. that's an important part of the process we were talking previously about self-editing um Mm -hmm. but i mean absolutely i would say before you are ready to publish for sure you have to have an editor review your work (laughs) absolutely Absolutely. And it's, you know, I feel like some people, when they are trying to do that shoestring budget, and they're like, I, you know, I really, I can't afford this. Um, I really am trying to keep my, um, my budget as low, low as possible. Right. feel like that's an area that they can skim, especially if they're someone who they think is really grammatically correct. They right. consider themselves a great editor. Let me just tell you, you are too close to this project. Yeah. You've been working way too long there's no way that you have caught every single error it's and it, you just can't you can't don't skimp on that. exactly and and you and i are both professionals we're both very i i, I would like to say we're both very gifted in what we do and we yeah. need editors we can't do it by yes. ourselves i would never release a work of mine without having an editor and i believe you feel the same way as well absolutely Absolutely. And, it is a necessary process. Oh, absolutely. And and to, to back up what you were talking about, if people are on a shoestring budget and people will say, you know, what's the best place for me to spend my money if I want to write and publish my book? I'm like, hands down, a really good editor. 
is worth their yeah. weight in gold because you don't want typos. So I, I want to talk briefly about the types of editing that um, editors can do. One is content editing, and we kind of touched mm-hmm. on that a little bit when you were talking about like the example of your brother writing fiction. That, you know, somebody can go through and, and read, say it's a um, uh, sci-fi fantasy book, and they make sure that all the characters are consistent. They make sure that you haven't mentioned that they walked onto Mars and then all of a sudden they're on Venus. I don't know. I'm making that up. But you know what I mean? That, that kind of yep. consistency. Yep. And, and also uh, then there's the, the proofreading part of it. Part of it, like you were mentioning about switching from third person to first person, you know, keeping the the, the, the proper tense. And then also, obviously, all the, the typos, any grammatical issues, the punctuation. I go so far as to say, make sure that you look up uh, to make sure if you use quotes, make sure that the quotes are used correctly, make sure that they're attributed correctly. Make sure if you're if somebody is mentioning and, and, and this may fall more so under um, nonfiction than fiction. But if somebody, you know, quotes something like Thomas Jefferson did blah, 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 you know, make sure that you have the source referenced. A lot of times I'll add mm-hmm. an appendix um, for my clients where they will actually source um, where, where they receive the information. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, it's important to understand. So there's, um, so that was content. And the other one, copy editing is one as well, right, Kim? Yes. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So with the copy editing, and I always get it confused with the content editing, so I apologize. Yeah. But with the copy editing, I think that's where you're just sort of reading through to make sure that everything is but the polished piece. Um, polished piece, exactly. Polishing Thank you. side. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. And it's important as you're looking for editors to understand the difference between them because there are different editors that specialize in each one of those. Exactly. Um, and usually, you know, they charge accordingly. You're going to pay a little bit more probably for a content editor than you would for a copy editor. Right. Because the content editor is a lot more, you know, they're looking at more details. Right. That's going into if you, with your manuscript. Exactly. So, so that's, you know, that's important. What do you think some other things you should be thinking about before um, you're ready to publish? Because this, this is your wheelhouse, Kim, yeah, and, and, and you are, you, you're working with people to get them to that stage. Absolutely. Part of it is, we, well, I should say before I start with my clients, we always uh, create um, what I call a strategic plan. And that strategic plan includes not just the outline of their topics, but also, you know, who's your ideal audience? What feeling state or thinking state do you want them to have? What impact do you want your book to have once your reader reads it? So looking back as you've written the book, um, I always like to kind of go back to that um, strategic plan and say, okay, you know, it, it, we've been working, we work on it all the way along. It's not like we just all of a sudden at the end ask those questions, but we especially look back and say, huh, okay, is this going to appeal to the ideal reader? Is this in fact, has this achieved the feeling or thinking state that we have, that, that we want um, your reader to have? I'll give an example. Um, I worked with a wonderful gentleman, Mark Wynn. He is awesome, awesome author. And um, when uh, we worked together on his first book, 
Um, his intention is to write a book that will influence people. It, it talks about wisdom that comes from farmers and things that you can apply in your everyday professional life. So we knew that we wanted to reach out, especially to entrepreneurs and to, uh, you know, people who have a professional, you know, life. They want to make sure that they uh, stay true to their word. They live in integrity. They want to have words of wisdom to live by so that they can, you know, be successful. So we wanted to make sure, did all the chapters that we, you know, included, did they hit on all the all of those um, points? Are we satisfied with the way that the people are going to feel, which we wanted them to feel inspired and excited about it? And then um, from sort of a practical standpoint, we're like, okay, <laughs> you know, did we hit all the topics that we had planned to hit? We had an outline, so that was pretty much a non-brainer, but it was like, yep, we hit on all those. Yep. There were also some detailed things that I think a lot of times um, we don't think about until we're ready to publish. Do we have a list of acknowledgments? Do we have the people, did he want to do a dedication? For his book, we also did do a list of references, um, like I was talking about um, previously, where we uh, sourced all the, um, or cited all the sources that we used, quotes that he used, um, people with whom he spoke, we made sure that we uh, had it uh, correctly, I, I guess I would say, sourced so that if somebody was going back and they were like, oh, I see you use this quote about so-and-so, you know, that, that we, 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 we covered it. <laughs> and, uh, and then, um, of course, before we published also, and we had kind of talked all the way along, was about doing his cover design. And mm. I kind of like to have my clients think about what cover design they're thinking about using before uh, we start, but I kind of like to also help them keep it open because you never know, and especially with fiction, not as much with nonfiction, but with fiction, you might go into a different direction mm. with your writing that you didn't anticipate. Yep. And I feel like if you create your cover design too soon, that you could possibly miss an opportunity to include an element of your book that came up during the writing process. That makes sense. I was actually just going to ask you is what was your opinion on what, at what stage in the process to, to, to um, start the cover design. But I agree. I think it does have a lot to do. I think it's a big difference in how you approach that from a nonfiction side right. versus a fiction. Yeah. Um, because it does in fiction, depending on the type of writer you are, the story does tend to evolve. If you're that editor, if you're the editor type of person, you pr you more than likely have outlined your entire book and know what start to finish is. So you may be likely to be the type of person that can develop a, a, a cover early. But if you're someone like us who's more of a pantser, um, that as you write the story kind of unfolds in front of you, then you really don't know what direction it's going to take. And it might be kind of an aha moment during the creative process right. where you realize, oh, this is what I really want this to be, you know. Right. Uh, right. So, yeah, well, that that's actually a great topic for another um, for another um, episode to talk mm. about book covers because there is a it, there's a science and really developing the right book cover. Really and um, yeah, I think that'd be really fun to talk about. Yeah, it really would. I think that would be huge. Yeah. And it's uh, I'll mention, too, right before we go to break that. Another thing um, I always find interesting is almost always when I talk to potential clients, when they are writing a book, they almost always come up with a title first, which I find intriguing. 
And sometimes that changes during the writing process. So I always find that kind Mm -hmm. of intriguing as well. But obviously at the, at once you've gotten to the point where you're ready to publish, you want to have your title. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny. So here's a funny, funny thought. It's never too late. I'm getting ready, you know, to do this, this prequel and put it out. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready. Uh I'm like, wait, I don't have a title. <laughs> That's too funny. So I had to go on like this brainstorming session. I wrote the whole book and I'm like going through the editing process. I got um getting ready to do the cover and um my designer's like, What's the title? I'm like, That's a good question. That's a very good question. <laughs> what is the title? Awesome. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Yes. Well, it's your thing, Kim. It's your thing. <laughs> it's my thing. It's in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Fool us, girl. <laughs> Woohoo! Woohoo! So, one thing I want to talk about is uh, before you are ready to publish your book is mm-hmm. copywriting and mm. the Library of Congress. Mm. So. I love to talk about copywriting. Uh, A lot of people will come and they're like, what do I need to do to copyright my book? And the short answer is, if you want, you don't have to do anything. (laughs) Because (laughs) technically, any creative property, anything that you write down is yours once you write it down. For instance, any idea that you have, original ideas that you have, as soon as you write it down, you know, the proverbial written, you know, something written on a cocktail napkin is technically copywritten because you wrote it. And I've even heard of people who will write a book or a story and they will type up a copy. I guess this was probably prior to the Internet. And send a copy in the mail to themselves and never open yep. the envelope. Have you heard of that as well? Yep. I've heard that. Yep. <laughs> I was taught that in journalism school. Were you really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. And that way, technically, you you can use that to prove, yes, this work that is yours. mine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people ask me, do I need to copyright it? I always say no, but... Let's face facts. We live in a litigious society. People are ready to sue. You know, you can't go to the neighborhood pool without seeing, you know, a whole list of That's so true. So true. Not swim in this pool without permission or something. So anyway, this, <laughs> the same thing I think applies, uh, does apply for our work. I feel like for the peace of mind, I would like, I, I would rather have the security of registering my work with the U.S. Copyright Office and having that peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, if if ever your work uh, were uh, stolen or cribbed or whatnot, 
um, having that you know extra step, having it officially uh, uh, have an official copyright from the U.S. Copyright Office or or whatever country you're in, whatever their copyright laws are. I'm not a lawyer, but um, you know you'd want to check into it if if you're in a different country. But for the U.S., you can just go to um, uscopyright.gov website and register your work. And I want to say for a single author um, work, the last time I did a copyright, which was a few months ago, I want to say it was $45, which isn't that much for peace of mind. That's not bad. Not bad at all. It that's, really that's isn't. Good, really good advice. Yeah. And, um, and it goes for not just writing, but other forms of work as well. So if you're an illustrator, you may want to copyright your work. I often will work with clients and they're like, okay, at what point do I copyright my work? And I'm like, well, let's do it once we're once we've completed that final polished draft, like we were talking about with the copy editing, once it's, you know, sure. that fo- polished form and you know you're not going to make any more changes. Again, that can be really hard to do, especially if you're a, uh, let's say, a tinkerer and you're like, oh, <laughs> I want to just make one more change. No, you know, yeah. put put your <laughs> pencils down. Leave it alone. <laughs> Utensils down. Leave Step away. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> At that point, you just have to have the discipline to be like, okie dokie, today's the day, and, and send it to the U.S. Copyright Office. Having said that, you can make tiny changes after you do that. I do not recommend it. But if you make any major changes, you have to go back and do the copywriting all over again. So why not just wait until you're done? It's a little bit of a discipline thing. Um but yeah. I, I do suggest doing it. And also, just from the gee whiz factor, it's kind of neat to get something in the mail and says that your story is officially copyrighted. I don't know. There's yeah. just something about that official piece of paper that's like, oh, look at me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah, official. Cool. Having said that's that, cool. it is the government. And so when you apply for your copyright, do not expect them to respond right away i want to say it took i mean they do respond right away through email but i want to say it took like five to six months um on average to get the copyright in the mail (laughs) oh wow wow definitely set that expectation yeah exactly exactly and um and another thing, um, another uh, misconception, and frankly, I had this misconception before I started, was um, the registering with the Library of Congress is not the same as copywriting your book. The difference is, um, well, first of all, they're two different divisions. Um, they're both part of the government, but the Library of Congress is an actual building, and it's in D.C., and um, what happens when you register through the Library of Congress is you apply for a catalog number. And it's kind of cool when you apply for that catalog number, that makes it easier for um, librarians to be able to reference and access your book. And Mm. it's cool. And the best part about it is it's free, 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 free. What you have to do is sign up for a login for the um, Library of Congress. And it's called the PCN pre-catalog number and you um, send pertinent information like your ISBN number, your international standard business um, um, book number, sorry, book number, title of your book, um, author, um, 
it does have to be, I believe, <laughs> over 100 pages or else it's not eligible for Library of Congress, unless it's a children's book. That's different. But once you apply for it, they send you a number. And when you um, have your copyright page on your book where it lists your uh, name as the author and then has the title of your book and the ISBN number, you can also include Library of Congress catalog number. Boop, boop, boop. And oh, how cool nice. is that? That is pretty cool. Now, does that does that apply to ebooks or just print? Oh, good question. It's both sides. Right now, it's just print. Um, you cannot okay. do that for ebooks. So, yeah, that's okay. a really good question. Good to know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, oh, and and one thing I forgot to add: when you do register um, your book and it's accepted for the Library of Congress, you do have to mail them a copy of your book. But here's the cool part. It's so they can put it on their shelves. Your book can be <gasps> in the Library of that's, Congress. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. It's kind of like. Awesome. It's kind of like, you know, the Hall of Justice for books or something. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right? I like that. Yeah. I like it. So... It's pretty darn cool. Yeah, so in the time to do uh, the Library of Congress catalog number, you want to apply for that. You want to give them, again, it's the government. Um, so you want to do it at least, I would say, a month um, ahead of time. Or you can even do that at the start of your project. Um, as soon as you know your ISBN number and you have that obtained, then you can go ahead and apply for that. Um, but the copyright okay. is different and apply for that. Once everything, everything's done, pencils down. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, awesome. I, I wanted to, to touch on something that you mentioned earlier in your yeah. process in terms of what you do mm-hmm. with your clients um, from the very beginning. And you, you talked about doing a strategic plan. Oh, and yeah. I love, I love that idea because there's this misnomer um, among new writers and even some established authors that writing a book is not the same as a business. Uh, you know, a lot of writers don't have, um, lack those business skills and they fail to realize that a book is a product. And when you have yes. a product and you create a product, then there's a, you know, the, a product doesn't sell itself. Right. There's, there's a process to creating the product product. And there's a process to bringing that product to the, to the market and bringing it to the masses, um, to your target audience. And a lot of people miss that in the process because they, they just see the creative side of, I'm a writer, I create books, I'm not a salesperson, right. I'm not a business. <laughs> but you are you if you want are. people to buy your book. Absolutely. Um, so I love that you set that tone with your clients from the beginning because it's helping them get in the mindset. Building a strategic plan is thinking like a business owner. And when you when you start writing a book, you have officially become a business owner. Yes. So I love that. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you. And that would be another good topic for us to uh, uh, explore would be uh, the business of books. <laughs> yes. I love that topic. We should definitely talk about that. Awesome. Very cool. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right. And now it's time for Gregarious Goofballs. All right. So I think we're ready for Gregarious Goofballs. Yes. <laughs> so when she got Nikita, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so I am thinking back to my good old college days. Uh-huh. Um, as, 
it's actually a couple. It's like a little a couple mini stories. Um, my <laughs> freshman year, <laughs> our dorm was right by Frat Court. Oh wow! And, <laughs> and there was a <laughs> there's a side effect to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one day we it's like January, maybe even early February. It's cold, oh. like freezing cold and the dorm that I stayed in my freshman year we had a pool uh-huh. and I wanted to, I'm willing to believe, believe that it was at least freezing mm-hmm. um and we hear like all these guys outside it's like nighttime uh-huh. and we're like me and my room are like what's going on so we go over to like her side of the room and we look out the window <laughs> and it's it's all these naked guys oh and they, they're like they're on the basketball court and they have to, apparently they have to make a basket and then jump in the pool before they can go back to frat court. They're running back naked. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that's not even the worst story. Oh, no. That's not even the worst We have, so we had one of our, one of our mutual friends. It's so funny. Um, apparently he was pledging, uh-huh. like, later um, maybe that was it probably was closer to the spring uh-huh. and he, and he, we're just chilling in our dorm and he just he runs into our dorm room <laughs> drops his pants and goes sign my ass <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yes, to say the least. Very oh interesting. God, that's too funny. <laughs> what about you, Kim? Oh What's my that? gosh! Oh my gosh! Mine feels <laughs> kind of tame, but <laughs> but uh, mine has to do with um. I don't disclose this to many people, but I have an ever uh, uh, existing struggle with putting on makeup. And <laughs> it, it usually involves things like, you know, I'm in a hurry in the morning and I like to use the, the <laughs> I like to use the lipstick that's like super long lasting because, you know, I, I, I get annoyed when I put on lipstick and then halfway through the day it's it's gone. But sometimes yeah. um, when I use a super long lasting Lipstick, it's not forgiving. Like, you put that stuff on, and it's, like, shellac. It's, like, it's on. <laughs> and so if I'm in a hurry in the morning, I put it on kind of sideways. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> not not looking quite right, and I can't get it off. It's, like, you almost have to scrape it with, <laughs> like, a sharp object. Well, okay, the worst culprit in my makeup kit is um, mascara. Me and mascara do not get along. Again, I guess maybe it's related to being a pantser. I guess I'm a makeup pantser. I'm, like, flinging that stuff on. So one day when I was going to work, and of course, of course, this was when I was still in the corporate world, I had a big meeting with some um, executives from the mothership, and so I was trying to trying to put my makeup on in a hurry and I accidentally I don't know how I did this I ended up with with putting the mascara in the corner of my eye (laughs) oh god (laughs) where it's not supposed to go right and so um as I was blinking trying to get it out of my eye it was no it was just spreading it was like this black stuff all over my eye and um I don't know if you ever used to watch the x-files but um 
they had a um, thing that they called the black oil, and that was when an, an alien would take over. <laughs> it would possess your body. <laughs> I looked like I had the black oil. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm possessed, and I have to go to a meeting. <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my eye for love or money. I looked like such a weirdo. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> like, oh my god. My husband's like, only you. <laughs> only you can. I know, right? <laughs> only you. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, cool. We'll be right back. Oh my gosh, this has been a great topic. Yes, it has. It's been amazing. Awesome. Part of it might be because it's in my wheelhouse and I'm like, yay, I love talking publishing. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. Of course. So do you want to lead the way in our summary, Miss Kim? Sure, I would be glad to. So first of all, know when to say when. I, I, liked, I liked your definition of self-editing. It's like, you know... Mm-hmm. You, you have to, it's that fine line between I really am making some needed corrections and now I'm just rearranging the decks on the tight, I mean, the chairs on the deck of the Titanic. Not, no, that's a bad analogy. Sorry, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, that's terrible analogy. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me say that again. Woo, that's bad. In, instead of actually making good changes, you're just rearranging stuff on a very awesome ship that's going to sail beautifully. <laughs> Dios mio, wow, that, that went bad. <laughs> that went sideways oh, fast. <laughs> I'm so used to that well, expression. <laughs> but you know what? That's a good segue into what we were talking about, about not being afraid to fail, though. Yes! Because, you know, so maybe it's not so bad of an analogy because the, the reality is we are all afraid of failure. It's in our nature to be afraid of failure, but we have to learn to be willing to embrace it, knowing that if we fail, mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. We can get up, put on our bootstraps, and, you know, go back at it again. There we um, go. So, so, yeah, it's okay. Uh-huh. I mean, I know they didn't build another Titanic, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, by the way, I'm taking you with me everywhere to explain when I do things like that. <laughs> That was beautifully done. Thank you. But it really is a good point. Don't be afraid to fail. But but the good thing is because you're at this point, because at this point, if you have a draft and you hire somebody who's a fantastic editor, they're not going to let you fail. That's why they're worth their weight in gold because a really good editor will be like, hey, this works, this doesn't work, and they will tell you, you, you want an editor who's going to be um, – uh, authentic and real with you and be like, "Mm -mm, this scene doesn't work. And you know, you need to tighten up on this, blah, 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 because that way they won't let you fail. uh, If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
And uh, one of the things, one of the things I really like that you talk about that you do with your clients is build that strategic plan. Yeah. I love that idea oh, of building a plan and knowing what you're trying to accomplish with your book before you publish. Um, that's that's a really important step. I think a lot of people miss. Yeah. They get so involved in the creative process, saying, I'm just going to go in. But think about who's going to read this. Who do you want to impact? Um, because it's, it's, it's really more than just about you. Yes, exactly. And that's why I love the strategic plan because, um, to use another analogy, if you're going on a road trip and you never identify where you're going to, how do you know when you get there? You know, if, if you have your strategic plan for your book, you're like, Here's the readers I want to reach. Here's what the format's going to be like. Here's, you know, you, you can, once you get to the end of the book, you feel confident finishing it because you're like, yep, I checked off all the boxes of the things I identified that I want to do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. I love that. Awesome. And then the copywriting in the Library of Congress, I feel, yeah. um, are important to talk about because the timing of those. So with the Library of Congress, um, as soon as you have your ISBN, you can apply for that. And then with the copyright, wait until you're done. You know, wait until you're you're ready to turn it in because you know you're you're unless you make um, if you know you don't want to go back and go oh snap I need to make a major change. No, when, once you send it to the copyright office, it's kind of saying okay. Um, uh, to quote Elsa, let it go, let it go. <laughs> yes. You're you're ready, yes. and and it takes some courage to do that because um, it it is um, your baby, and and you're you're introducing mm-hmm. your baby to the world. So it is a little it is a little scary, but it's also exciting. So absolutely, awesome, absolutely. yay, awesome, yay! Well, great episode, and thank you guys so much for Wonderful. joining us. Thank you, guys. This has been Yay. amazing. Awesome. All right. Go out there and write something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Jump in the deep end. There we go. Thanks for listening to the Sociable Scribes podcast. Don't forget to tune in next week to learn more amazing tips on writing and publishing. And if you like this podcast, please leave us a review and share it with a friend.